and happy Tuesday. Welcome to the St. Andrews Community Church weekly podcast where uh, we sit around and have a good time and talk. And sometimes right as we're opening up our podcast, we're dropping things off the desk. And uh, sometimes we open the podcast and I forget we're opening the podcast, but we have fun. And, uh, and so whether you're joining us live and you're sitting there right now going, what is Josh talking about? Um, Why is Bonnie or, hiding her face right? in laughter? So for those that don't know, right as we started, Jeff, Jeff went to let us know we were going live and he just threw his phone and dropped stuff. And it was, uh, it's, it's very entertaining for us on this side of, of things, but whether you're joining us live or you're joining us later in the week. We want this to be uh, an interactive podcast. So for those of you that are live, if you have questions, thoughts, things, type them there. Jeff will wave us down, let us know. Um, and if you're watching later in the week, send us a note. You can still leave messages. We'll follow up. And, and those are things that maybe we can discuss next week when we have our podcast. So as always, I'm uh, Josh Coates, Associate Pastor. I'm joined by the Giggle Box here. Bonnie, also an associate pastor, she can't talk right now. And then VA Bennett, lead pastor, just am glad to be sitting next to somebody who's experiencing the joy of the Lord right oh, now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this, so this is what I expected to happen a couple weeks ago on our podcast when something happened and she started laughing a little bit. Sometimes she loses control. And also the man behind the scenes who uh, brings us this joy that we have Thank right you, now. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing? Well, I got my phone back. So he got um, his phone back. That's that's always a positive thing. So, but yeah, doing doing better now. Well, we're glad we missed you this weekend. Uh, for those that don't know, Jeff is uh, helps uh, coach hockey for UCO, and they had a road trip this weekend, and uh, so he had a, a busy weekend of flights and flight delays and and sitting in airplanes for hours on end, waiting to take off and. Uh, and so we're we're glad you're back. I guess you guys went one and one this weekend. Yep, yep, went one and one. We had a top five matchup against uh, UNLV. So taking a bunch of college hockey guys out to Las Vegas was uh, <laughs> definitely a busy weekend. And your your role this weekend, outside of uh, during the games, was to try to help keep them out of trouble. Is that oh, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, it was an endeavor. Bonnie's still laughing. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm> <laughs> She may never recover, Jeff. She may laugh the rest of the day, which is is great. Which is great. We're also joined oh, by uh, BB-8, C-3PO, yes. and R2-D2. The droids. The droids. Yes. And uh, I'm not going to say why I chose them oh. until the end of the podcast because it ties into uh, a thought that I have on this week's sermon. And not just this week's sermon, but on the mission statement in general uh, that we're teaching on right now um, in this series. Bonnie's cracking up still. And we're looking at the GMC mission statement, the Global Methodist Church, which is the denomination we're a part of, is making disciples of Jesus Christ who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly. And so two weeks ago, you talked about worship passionately. And then this past Sunday, talked about love extravagantly. One of the things you hit on is that it's a hard topic to kind of narrow down. And part of that ties into our word for the week. And normally we do this in the middle, but we're going to do it right here at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the words that gets thrown around a lot in the church 
um, is agape. Right. It's not agape. It's not agape, which is to sit there with your mouth wide open. Yeah. Um, But that's the English word, spelled the same. But agape is actually Greek Greek word. And so uh, this is how I think of it. We have one word for love in the English language. Mm -hmm. But there is an understanding that my love for my wife is not the same as my love for tacos. Right? When I say I love tacos, and I do love tacos. And it's not even close. No. Um, And I do (laughs) love tacos. But I do love my wife. But the love in those two instances is not the same. And we just mm-hmm. understand that in the English language. In Greek, they actually had multiple words for love. Right. And agape is one of those. It's also phileo, eros, and storge, storge. which are brotherly love, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, eros, erotic, that's romantic love. Yeah, sexual love. Storge is like a, a family Familial, protective type love. Yeah. And then agape. And that's the word we talk a lot about in the church. So someone's new to following Jesus, they hear the word agape. What is that? That's a great question. Yeah, usually yeah. in the New Testament, because the New Testament was written in Greek, and these are all Greek words, whenever you read the word love, it's helpful at that point to know Greek. Is this saying that this is, you know, uh, romantic love? What is this? You know, love your brother. Is that romantic love? Is that familial love? You know, how's that being talked about? Uh, but when we talk about the love of God, it is always agape. Mm-hmm. I say always. I haven't studied that, but I'm thinking because that's how we think of God's love. Right. And it's is, an unconditional love that God has for us. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, and so that's what agape is. And just an interesting side note, I've always found it fascinating um, and, and I'll actually, uh, I don't know if I'm talking about it today or not. I've got a lot of notes and my brain is everywhere and Bonnie's still laughing. I'm not laughing. Um, I'm done. I but think. in the story where <laughs> Jesus redeems Peter, mm-hmm. he's asking Peter, yes. do you agape me? And the end of Peter John's says, gospel. yes, yeah. Lord, you know, I phileo you. Peter, do you agape? And I actually will talk a little bit more about this later, but agape is unconditional love. So when we talk about agape, that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. is God's unconditional, sacrificial love for us. Mm-hmm. So you said that it's helpful when you're reading the New Testament scriptures to, to know Greek in those instances. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, because each of the words translated into love, just our one word of love, mm-hmm. signifies something different. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know, I haven't read Greek lately, mm-hmm. but in uh, Ephesians when it says, husband's Love your wives. I don't know what word is used there. I don't know. I, you I, know, I need to look at it. So, but <laughs> I, I I know enough about Greek, and I know when we just hear, you know, I love tacos. I love my wife. I love you know a beautiful sunrise in the morning. Uh, we use one word for that. The my, culture that the scriptures come out had multiple. My words. assumption is that it's agape. And the reason I assume that is because There's Eros how Christ and, loves the church. Well, and Eros yeah. and Storge are not found in the New Testament. The only words for love in Greek that are found in the New okay. Testament are phileo and agape. agape. So I'm I'm assuming based off of that that agape is the word that's used there. I don't think that, that that's he's sensible. calling us to love our our husbands and wives uh, with a brotherly love. Right. Well, I just was getting to the point of like the the New Testament scriptures are telling me that they weren't written originally in English. Right. Gosh, Bonnie, I am so impressed that you learned that lesson today. <laughs> I just want to make sure. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the New Testament was written in Greek, except for those places where it said Jesus spoke in Aramaic or something. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so if you've got words like that that we use in the church, um, and uh, that you'd like for us to to look at and break down in future podcasts, send them our way. We would love to uh, to do that. We've we've kind of had some fun with this over yeah. the last few weeks when we started this. But it's appropriate because we're talking about love extravagantly, and yeah. again, uh, how how do you love is such a broad term. How do you scale that down into one sermon or one podcast? You can find ways. You know, my method is pick the scripture and stick to the scripture and yeah. not try to do a lot else. But extravagantly, that's yeah. not really a word we use much mm-hmm. in the church. Right. And that's why I wonder when, when you hear the phrase, love extravagantly, what does that mean? Now, last week, Josh, you said it means going above and beyond, going the yeah. second mile. A, a sacrificial love and sacrificial in that, like, I'm going to be selfless. Mm-hmm. Sometimes loving people is messy and it's hard yeah. and it's not convenient and it doesn't fit within my tight schedule of things and and I have to you know go out of my way at times to be able to to love people and so when I think of extravagant that's what I think of is this selfless meeting people where they are over the top type of love mm-hmm. and and I loved you know the, the scripture you used love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength and Second is equally important: love your neighbor as yourself, and it right. kind of talks about that dual, um, the dual love commandment, yeah. yeah, of of love, loving God and loving others. And it doesn't tell us to love; it doesn't say love others in the way that we love God. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not supposed not to worship love others, others with yeah. all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. <laughs> yeah, but our love for others is just as important as our love for God. And and I think that word "all" is what gives me the idea of extravagance. You yeah. know. Uh, I, OU plays basketball tonight. I, I love OU athletics. Can't wait for women's softball to start. I'm so excited about that. But I don't love it with all my heart. Right. You know, I don't love it enough that when I get up in the morning, it's like, okay, they, they play tonight and I need to have the you know, DVR ready or, you know, I need to uh, get my game day gear on. I love it, but it doesn't rule my life. But well, to, to love God with all that is within me yeah. is my expression that God rules my life. And that's what I, I live for. When I think of extravagant, I think of the story in the gospels where Jesus's feet are anointed mm-hmm. um, oh, and, yeah. and she is pouring out this oil that was worth a year's salary, a year's salary. Yeah. Um, and anointing <laughs> Jesus. And even the disciples are like, man, that's a waste. Like what? And that's the extravagant love that I, I think about when we're talking about loving God with all of our heart, mind, yeah. soul, and strength. It's yeah. it's a it's a it's a denial of self and a surrendering to his lordship and giving him all. Part of what comes to mind when I hear you talk about the the woman that anointed Jesus' feet is the extravagance of that was what it cost her. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know yeah. A, a whole year's wages. For God's expression of extravagant love for us, what did it cost him? Coming down in yeah. human flesh, being a vulnerable baby, growing up uh, into a man who knew he was going to die a violent, brutal, horrible death before rising from well, the dead. And it, it cost her more than a year's salary, too. Um, if you really look at that story even more, that oil was more than likely, as a prostitute, what she used one drop at a time. And yeah. she's giving that up, and she not yeah. drop one drop <clears throat> at a time. It's all of it. She's mm-hmm. given... All of it, the the financial side of it, and the the life side of it of mm-hmm. of what is happening there in worshiping of Jesus. It's, I mean, when you really begin to 
peel the layers back from that story, it's overwhelming what yeah. she really was doing and yeah. giving up. How long did it take her to come up with something that was worth a year's wages? Right. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a really powerful story that I think we don't always fully understand the depth of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And um, then, it's, it's incredibly powerful. And yet, you know, there's nothing that we can even give to God that will even compare to the greatest gift that he's given us. Right. Um, and the kind of love that he gives us. So like that example of extravagant love that she shows, like that doesn't even compare to the kind of love that, that God um shows towards us and towards his his children so right. yeah that's one of the one of the things that you said um in in kind of connecting this uh series and the the three things of worshiping passionately loving extravagantly and Witness witnessing boldly. boldly is um that uh a way that we love god extravagantly is through worshiping right. Him passionately mm-hmm. right um and so i don't know if you want to talk a little bit more well, about that I, I mean again uh, when we talk about worship passionately, it's not geared to a specific style. And, and what I said Sunday, I used an example of a man who used to be a member here, um, is sometimes you can't really describe passionate worship, but you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, And when I think of um, that man, his name was Benton Wilkinson. Benton, if you're ever listening, we love you, we miss you, God bless you, you're doing ministry where you are now. Uh, you know, Benton's testimony was, I've been in a gutter. You know, and this was a guy, he does not have a lot of worldly possessions. Uh, but when he came to worship, he, he didn't care what anybody thought. And he didn't sit up front so everybody could see him because he was showing off. He was just showing, after all I know that Jesus did for me, I, I don't care what other people think. He didn't want to be a distraction, but uh, other people, they commented they loved watching him yeah. because whether it was raising his hands or kind of dancing or saying amen you know he he was he was all in in worship mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people we may have moments when we're like that if, if that's how we like to express things but sometimes we don't enter into that because we're afraid that of what other people will think and that will make their worship miserable right so well, so here, I, w- I want to throw a statement out there. This is something I heard a seminary professor say once. I um, want to get your all's thoughts on, and then I've got a lot of thoughts in Scripture that I want to— I'm not just going to sit here and read the Bible for the next 20 minutes, but I do have a lot hey, of Scripture that, that I want to point to. Um, what do you think about this statement? God desires our obedience more than our worship. Okay, so <laughs> one of the things that I— read in prep for the uh, sermon this last week is Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and at that point I am being obedient to what God does. Does God want my obedience more than my worship? I would say my obedience is yeah, that's worship. That's what I was thinking mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to, so I'm getting ready to, to point out some things. That's one of the scriptures I'm going to point to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying any of this, to diminish worship mm-hmm. we like god is the creator of all things um absolutely deserves our worship the reason missions exists is because there are places in the world that don't worship god mm-hmm. right so that's the only reason missions exist is because people aren't worshiping god and giving him the worship that he deserves so i'm not saying any of this to diminish it but i think um worship is only an aspect of 
us showing love for God. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and so here's some scriptures that I've, I've been uh, reading through. Can, can I push back a thought at you? Absolutely. This, this is nowhere in my notes, but the yeah. thought occurs to me. One of the things that I read people post online, and I don't argue with people on Facebook because it's pointless. Right. <laughs> yeah, but but one of the things I want to argue with is when people say, the minute followers of Jesus started worshiping him, instead of just following him, that's when everything started going south. Right. Which, and that, and so that's why I prefaced it the way I did, because I don't want to come across as saying we shouldn't be worshiping Jesus. We shouldn't be worshiping God because we absolutely should. It is, it is an important piece of how we love God, how we respond to God, uh, recognizing that God is who he is and is worthy of our worship. Um, so yeah. I, I don't say any of this to diminish this. What I, I do want to say some things, though, to try to expand on it, to say that if all we're doing is singing songs and worshiping, then we're missing the mark. And so, so here's some here's some thoughts on this. As as and I've kind of been wrestling with this and reflecting on it over the last couple of days. And so I hope that I I communicate this well. Um, but you mentioned John fourteen fifteen. If you love me obey my commandments. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Right. The Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit yeah. is a gift from God. That is the, the product, the fruit of our obedience. Mm-hmm. Right. And to support that even more acts five thirty two says we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. Mm-hmm. Obedience is such an important piece. But as we as I continue this thought out, John 14, 21, and this is all, you know, these next couple are from John 14 as Jesus is driving this home. Which which John 14 is when Jesus is with the disciples right. celebrating the Passover meal just before he's arrested. He's about to leave and knows that he's sending the Holy Spirit. Right. Those who accept my commandment and obey them are the ones who love me. Mm-hmm. That's verse 21. Verse 24, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me, right? So there's this direct connection between loving God and, and obeying yeah. obeying God, obedience. Um, and then the, the scripture that we referenced earlier in John 21, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Um, and each time, yes, Jesus, I do. Then feed my lambs. Mm-hmm. Then take care of my sheep. Then feed my sheep. There's obedience there, right? And he could have said, right. then worship me. Now, I don't say that to say we shouldn't worship him, right. but the point is there's these commands that God has given us, he's called us to, and living those out obediently is an important aspect of worshiping God, of yeah. loving God. Um, here's And it's not just in the New Testament, right? Here's a couple examples from the Old Testament. Amos chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies, I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. Yeah. Right? And so that— And and I think that's where it also, in the context, and maybe it's just a translation, for obedience— is better than sacrifice. Sacrifice was worship. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Absolutely. And then Isaiah chapter 1, verses 11 through 17. I'm only going to read a couple of them. But what makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, 
Who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgust me. And then as we skip down to verse 16, wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Um, Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Mm-hmm. So once it go again, it goes back to loving. One way we love God is by loving His children, is yeah. by loving each other, is by being obedient to His commands. Right. And it, um, when we don't, this is where I would say it ties directly into the worship. When we think of it in terms of music or Sunday mm-hmm. morning, is it renders those things not maybe not meaningless. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but it undercuts our words and the meaning when we're saying, God, I love you. I worship you. I sing songs and praise to you. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow I'm going to treat my brother or sister terribly. And I'm not going to live an obedient life. That's where Monday through Saturday in our obedience. um, And that's where Romans, the last scripture that I want to read that really kind of ties all this in. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I, you know, the reason I, I preface all this to say, I'm not trying to say we shouldn't be worshiping God. We shouldn't be right. worshiping Jesus, <laughs> but it has to be an overflow in the fruit of our lives living in obedience because that's how we show our yeah. love for him. And so, um, this is stuff that I've been wrestling with for some time, not just the last couple of days, but, um, the connection between our obedience to God, um, and, the, the implications for that and what it means for uh, the impact it has on our worship and yeah. worshiping extravagantly and or worshiping passionately and loving extravagantly. Mm-hmm. I think it really just comes down to the fact that, that you get a, a broader overview of what worship is. Um, it doesn't mean that wor- we just worship. It just means that worship is more than just singing songs of praise right? Um, or your lifting your hands or dancing or any of those things. Worship is how you live your life the way that that Jesus would want you to live. Yeah, and, and let's even break down the, the scripture that Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay, that's what we think of in worship. We're, we're pouring yeah, out our hearts to right. God. We're exalting God. We're giving God adoration, expressing our affection. Yeah. With all your mind... Which, again, a few weeks ago we talked about the quote that Bob Stamps had put up Mm -hmm. that uh, theology is of worshiping of God with the mind, all your strength. I think that then goes in to how we live and and how we do that. A few other scriptures that came to mind in terms of worship is in Acts chapter 1, before Jesus ascends, it says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. That's the argument I always want to give on Facebook. Well, and when, but, but when Jesus tells Peter to, to cast the net earlier in the Gospels, not not at the, the part where Jesus asked him three times if you love me, but at the beginning of at the, the ministry, yeah. throw your net over there. Oh, my gosh. And he falls at Jesus' feet and mm-hmm. says, I am not worthy. Yeah. Right? I mean, he that is a, a case of recognizing 
Jesus and who he is and worshiping him. So yeah. that's absolutely yeah. how one way that we obediently uh, follow Jesus right. and love God is through worship. And, and you it, would think Jesus would be like, hey, don't, don't. Yeah, Jesus just, didn't want us to worship. He would have said, Peter, get up. <laughs> don't worship stop. me. That's, yeah. that's weird. Stop. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of the scriptures you read about obedience are from John mm-hmm. and the agape versus phileo from the gospel of John. Right. John also wrote some letters. And, yeah. and first John is the longest one of those and repeatedly, and, and I, I quoted this in the sermon, it wasn't from the gospel, it was from the letter. How can you say you love God who you cannot see unless you love your brother and sister who you can see? Yeah. And, and if you want to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, yeah. love your brother and sister. So I, I don't want to credit the authors of the mission statement uh, with intelligence that may just be serendipitous which is usually how my sermons work. It's not my intelligence. Right. It's what God is speaking. But when I when I thought of this, you know, I can't talk about loving God extravagantly without talking about worship passionately. So part of love extravagantly is loving God, mm-hmm. but part of it is loving my neighbor. Yeah. Right. And and so that, that middle phrase, it's like the first part reaches up, the second part reaches up and out, and the third part's actually going to yeah. Reach out. One way we love our neighbor is to witness boldly. Right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that that flow of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the questions that you have on our, our list here is who's someone you know that loves people extravagantly? Who are people that come to mind for you guys? And and the key is who we know because Mother Teresa and right. her her minute I never met her, but that's that's a prime example. Yeah. So Bonnie, did you have somebody? Um, so when I, um, when I first became a Christian in our, um, the youth group that I was in, in, um, Tulsa, there was, um, a, an adult sponsor, um, named Ruth Foster, um, and, uh, Ruth lives in Missouri now, but, um, she just, I mean, everywhere she went, she just kind of just she just bled it. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It just came out of her. Um, And so we went on mission trips to Mexico and all of this, and she wasn't always doing the hard labor, but she made sure that every single person had plenty of water and was taking care of themselves Mm -hmm. and taking breaks and just like that, like that mothering instinct. I don't know what it is, but Mm -hmm. that just like, it comes out of her. And that's just, that's all I, uh, that's what I can think of. I think of, of sweet Ruth Foster. So yeah. I think of uh, the, the many youth ministers we have in this church. We have mm. many people who pour into the lives of our students who are faithfully here every week to lead small group yeah. or to teach Sunday school class or to go to camp or go on a mission trip. I mean, we have an endless number of parents and and even those that aren't parents that just love our students mm-hmm. extravagantly bless our students, the, the parents who come and bless our students every week with meals on Wednesday nights when we're not in midweek. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, that, those are the people I think of that um, are going above and beyond and loving our, our students. And that's something that I see on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. For me, it, it's my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I think of in scripture, and this is very hard for me to do, is put the needs of others before your own needs. I'm not very good at that. Yeah. My mom was, that's who she really was. Yeah. I mean, welcoming people into her home, inviting people to live with us temporarily, always feeding people. Uh, you know, materialistically, my mom didn't have a lot, but she would move heaven and earth to give something to her kids or her yeah. grandkids. But she would, 
she would be generous to strangers. And why did she do that? It, it's because she, um, she was a loving person and she, the, the, I remember, and I might get emotional, but people were used to that from Sunday. Um, the day before my mother died, my sister and I are, are sitting with her and the hospice nurse comes in and, you know, oh, we're keeping your mom comfortable. We're giving us the assurance that yeah. she had been trained to give. And she said, the important thing is your mother knew you loved her. And that's when I had that serendipity. No, that's not what was important to my mom. Yeah. What was important to my mom was for us to know she loved us. Yeah, that you know, she was my role model for extravagant, yeah, that's loving extravagantly. That's that's awesome. That's a that's a great um, memory to have. I think. Actually, the last words she said to me were, "I love you." Oh. Wow, that's powerful. Well, this week coming up is uh, witness boldly, um, and one of the scriptures that we point to. And I don't know if this is a scripture you're preaching from or, or what direction you're going, but I think of Matthew. Uh, 28, the Great Commission, mm-hmm. go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and know I'll be with you always, yeah. uh, even to the end of the age. Um, and, you know, it's really as you are going um, is, is really yeah. the, the proper understanding. From the Greek. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. As you're going to work, to the store, to the church, to the where, ball game. Yeah, yeah, to wherever we should be boldly witnessing to others with our words and with our deeds, mm-hmm. right? With our word and with how we're living that out. Um, and it's for all of us. No one's exempt from the Great Commission. No one's exempt from, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, can you be uh, a disciple if you're not making disciples, right? Right. And um, I think there's an important element of disciples who make disciples, who make disciples and on and on right. and on. Um, that, that's a part of that. Um, the other thing I think of with the bold part is Acts 429, where in the, the midst of intense persecution, the early church gathers together not to pray for protection, but yeah. to pray for boldness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, that that's just, that's something that is, as I've led 30 or 40 mission trips, obviously I'm always praying for protection as I'm taking students places. But I also always remember after reading that to pray for boldness, that mm-hmm. we have opportunities to share the love of Christ, that we slow down enough to see those opportunities and that we're bold enough to take those opportunities. Yeah. I, I actually am thinking of those scriptures. I haven't picked the scripture yet, uh, which usually I like to have the scripture and choose a title. Right. Uh, but it talks about in the book of Acts how they proclaim the word of God boldly. And boldly is such a strong word, yeah. as is passionately, as is extravagantly. And I think in the same way passion looks different from person to person, so does boldness. You know, if boldness has to be bombastic in your face, you need Jesus, turn or burn. Right. (laughs) Doesn't work for most people. Right. Um, And so uh, trying to, you know, Monday and Tuesday are focusing it down. Wednesday's more putting it together. Thursday is writing it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put you guys on the spot as we're wrapping things up. Okay. So you may not have an answer right away, and that's fine. I've got an answer, so I'm not putting myself on the spot. If you had to summarize, and this is probably a better discussion for next week, but it ties into a lot of the things I've talked about today and my robots here, my droids. Um, If you had to summarize the mission statement of worshiping passionately, loving extravagantly, and uh, witnessing boldly and and, in two words— or a very short phrase, how would you encapsulate all of that? And I obviously have an answer. I wouldn't be asking it. 
I'd say worship God. That's, yeah. My, Just two words? Yeah. That's all so I get? So we've got, we've got worship extravagantly, love, or worship passionately. So I, I can say making disciples of Jesus Christ who, and then I get two words. Who, uh, verb, adverb. Yeah. That that kind of encapsulated yeah. all okay. three of those. That's helpful because I'm really struggling, but so but I've, I've got two words. All right, let's hear it. Love, faithfully. Okay, I like it. Okay. So I like it. So that's this, off the top of my head. You've been grinding on. I this. have been. <laughs> so this is what I came Very up rude, with because isn't it? It just like... because as I was working on all this obedience stuff and thinking the ties to. Uh, loving God and and how it ties back into worshiping passionately and next week witnessing boldly it all is birthed out of obedience mm-hmm. right we we are we and so the way I would uh, put it together is I said follow obediently follow yeah. we make disciples like of that. Jesus who follow obediently because we're following obediently. We're going to be worshiping. Which, We're is, going to be which is what the droids do. So, yeah. So they that's how I came. follow obediently. That they, they are programmed to to uh, obediently follow whoever their their master is. I want Star you to Wars. know, I, I have been sitting here, because you told us we might have to tell you to be quiet because yeah. you had a lot to say today. <laughs> and there were a few moments like, i got to figure out what those dang droids are about. <laughs> so that's, that's, how, that's how, in a roundabout way, I, I came to the droids yeah, today. I love it. the follow I obediently it. part of it. I love it. So what do we got going on this week? Uh, well, so not a ton this week in terms of midweek. We'll start back up next week. Right. But we do have Methodism 101. Yeah. Tomorrow night if, in the youth room. Or even Wednesday if night, you I haven't say. come to any of these yet and you're just like, you don't have anything going on tomorrow or you're interested, you can still come. Uh, and we meet in the youth room at 630 uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday. Child care is provided. January 31st. There is child care. Um, and so that's tomorrow along with youth uh, going on. Uh, this Sunday church like normal 9 and 10 30 sunday school 9 and 10 30 youth children all those yeah. things but then a hospitality training right after the 10 30 services right week. and and we we're sending out an email today tuesday asking people to pre-register for that because we're going to feed you some good food from qdoba and we just like to be good stewards of the resources and yeah we want to make sure and have enough have. food for everyone uh, and it is communion sunday this sunday communion so we sunday. also have that so and on. then next week february 7th midweek starts back up programming for children for youth adult discipleship uh, we're going to be looking at the seven last words of christ from the cross mm-hmm. and it's going to be in conjunction with lent yeah midweek um, it will, Ash Wednesday will be a part of, of this teachings on, on those last phrases of Jesus from the cross, as well as we'll conclude it all with Good Friday, looking at each of those seven phrases. And so you'll hear more about that in the mission moment the next couple of weeks. We're going to have the, the Lenten study actually available to, to pick up starting this Sunday. So uh, it's an exciting time to be a part of the church mm-hmm. and, and the things that are going on here. So we hope that you will join us in person or online or on demand. Uh, we, we love being able to interact with you guys. Um, send your questions, your thoughts our way. Any closing thoughts from you guys? Nope, I'm good. Thank God the sun has come out. It's warm oh, amen. after two yes. weeks of the deep freeze. Well, God bless. You guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you soon.